NFL sports agent Jesse. This is James, the other half of the sports dude. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing good. Fantastic on the on the Tuesday night. So um, before we get into anything, I have to ask this important question about Dak. Obviously, Dak is a big topic of conversation. Um, he got he got his money. He got he got well paid by the Cowboys. Do you um who actually won this? Is it that was it Dak or was it the Cowboys? Um, I'm a biased opinion on this one. Um, he actually Dak was signed with ProSource, the agency I'm with, um, on his first contract. So I might not be the right person to ask. He left us for CA. So I'm gonna say the Dak won hands down the the deal. But um, that might be a biased opinion. <laughs> oh, I actually did not know that. That's <laughs> that's really good to know. But when you but, 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 but actually leads me into my jumping off question now. Obviously, with agencies, you work with players, and when you're going into negotiating with GMs. How do you negotiate with certain GMs with players? Because it's always because some of them could be nasty. But how do you, as an agent, negotiate on behalf of the players? Um, it just depends on the contract. I mean, if it's the first contract, it's pretty cordial because there's a lot of pays, and um, depending on if they're drafted or undrafted, the signing bonus is pretty slotted as well. And then it's really just about the language and making sure that the language is proper for rookie contracts. Second contract's a little bit different, too, because, I mean, um, a lot of times they'll extend it before the contract's over, so they're real cordial, or they might be a restricted free agent or a restricted free agent going into that second contract, so they're pretty cordial. So when, they, when they're in a second and third contract and they hit the, the free agent market, that's when things are a little bit different with the GMs, and you got a lot of leeway, so you can be less cordial with GMs, and you can kind of deal with who you want to deal with. Now, what's interesting is that when when negotiating, there oh, there's always counts of that the players take a pay cut. Um, but should play, like, like like how Brady always restructures his contract for the team. But is it always wise as an agent for to, to advise players to take a pay cut? Because when you're in a league, especially in the NFL, it, it also stands for not very long. So as an agent, would you encourage players to, on uh, the second contract, not necessarily the rookie contract, but the second contract, would you encourage players to get as much, <laughs> much as you can depending on the position and what the, what the going rate is? Yeah, so I always advise players to obviously get as much as possible, but there are situations where helping the team is better and more beneficial player, like somebody like Tom Brady, as you mentioned. I mean, he was under his rookie contract when he won two of his first three Super Bowls, I think. So he was already a well-established name. His wife makes an insane amount of money, um, and he, he's a very good-looking man, so endorsement deals on the full form. So when you're in that situation and you know you're going to win Super Bowls and taking less is going to make you win more Super Bowls and you're going to make a lot off of marketing, and you've got a great amount of income coming into your household. It's a perfect person to take a pay cut and make sure this team's winning. But that's that's a rare situation. I always say that every um, player, every situation is different. Like, we all can't be Tom Brady, but and we saw... I wish we could, right? 
Yeah, I think this year is going to be interesting because there was a lot less people into the draft. Um, so the draft is loaded in a lot of positions, but when you're talking later rounds, there's less than normal years. So while they're cutting the cost, if there's a need that they're going to have to fill, um, there's sometimes some of these positions they're going to have to get a free agent. So it's an intriguing aspect this year. COVID messed up everything in all areas. So I think it kind of balances each other out. Because a lot of times they'll be like, well, we could take this guy in the first round and then some free agents early around pick. And if it doesn't work out with him, hopefully one of them will work out. And that's probably not going to be a viable or a viable option now um, going into this year. As an agent, um, how do you um, how do you how do you get the players to come sign with you? Like, how do you how do you present? How do you how do you get them so that you can represent them? Yeah, you, it's kind of a selling point for each agent. Um, mine's always been 100% honesty, and um, everybody pitches family pretty much. Uh, but our agency really is a family atmosphere, and then just. Um, branding and marketing, kind of showing them how to capitalize on their image so they can come up with something outside of football now and then after their career's over, have something. How do you guys set up with endorsement deals? Because players, because usually when you have, it's not for everyone, but more like for the high-end players, how do you work with endorsement deals? So we we get everybody endorsement deals, um, even guys that normally don't get endorsement deals, but I mean, it just depends on the amount, right? The, the guys that normally wouldn't get it aren't getting crazy amount of endorsement deals, and the guys that, like Dak Prescott, are getting whatever endorsement deals we would like them to get, right? So it's just kind of figuring out. I think the, be- the best um, thing we do is just kind of figure out what's their, what's their, what is their, their love in life outside of football, especially for guys that aren't big-name players and then pitching the companies that align with what they're really doing in their free time and what they really love to do. Now, one thing that's very intriguing is the simple fact that when, when, you, when, when you, like, lose a player or a player leaves you, how is the agency, how do you react to that? Because usually when you get players... You also tend to lose players whether they move on to their whether they move on to other agents or the duration didn't work out. So how do you deal with that? I mean, you know it's part of it. I mean, the reality is there's a lot of guys in this industry that have millions and millions of dollars. Um, CAA, Jay Z, Lil Wayne, um, and their agents are eating because they have all the re- the resources in the world. They can go and steal players by offering them hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash or millions of dollars in cash and private jets and uh, a whole different lifestyle outside of football. So, you know, sometimes you're going to lose a player just because of that. It's just part of it, unfortunately. Yeah, that is the, um, that's really, that's really unfortunate. Now, as as going going into this COVID year, obviously um, it was tough. So, how do you, how do you advise players that let's let's say that players opted out? And I'm sure you guys got opted out. Like, what would you what did you advise players when when they came to you when they said should I should I play for this season because COVID was really rampant at that part at that part of our time frame? Um, how did you talk to players that felt they want to opt out? So the 
the big decision makers for, I think, me and my players and what I would kind of guide them on is what health conditions do you have? What's your situation at home? Are you married? Do you have young children? Um, are you around your parents or elderly a lot? Or your grandparents are elderly a lot? And then also, what are you looking to make this year? And um, can you afford to opt out if you're a high-paying player? So, um, and also, where are you? Where are you on the team? So, one guy had sickle cell, and we were worried about his sickle cell and COVID. But he was also the guy that was borderline 53 practice squad player, and he didn't really want to skip a season because, I mean, that's a guy that could easily not make the team next year. Um, so he played even with sickle cell and kind of risked it. Which was unfortunately nothing happened, but. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a hard time talking to players and kind of feeling out what they were going to do. Now, now, when, now when, also when COVID was rampant going into the season, um, how did you advise players to stay focused? Because now they opted in, and like you just said, like there are players that want to make a team, but how do you advise players to stay focused? Because you hear the news, you're hearing everything that's going on. So, the good news is once they got the season going on, um, once the season started, they didn't have to worry about keeping them focused very much because they're just so busy once they were getting back to playing football. Um, so, like, to the distraction and stuff, you don't have time to think much about much outside of that. So... Now, were you impressed with the NFL that they were able to get through the season with COVID? Because there were doubters that NFL was not going to get through a season. It was going to be difficult. And they just piled through and they made it through. Were you impressed by the NFL? I was extremely impressed. I mean, there was players that I had that were rookies or second-year or third-year players that were freaking out about what they were going to do for a living if there was no season. I, at one point, was actually applying for jobs to pay my bills um, in March because I wasn't sure if there was going to be a season, right? Um, and you watched, you looked around, you saw the NCAA cancel their tournament, you saw baseball cancel their stuff, you saw basketball and just a dome um, in one area, lockdown, and everybody there, and you're like, how is the NFL going to make this happen? And to do it the way they did it with fans actually showing up the games and being all over the, all over the country is, um, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. Now, obviously, the new CBA um, is a, um, it's a it's a ten year contract. Or as an agent, are you happy with the CBA? Because we have the players negotiated more. Because it seemed like every time the the owners negotiate with the players, it's basically I call the billionaires versus the millionaires, and ten out of ten times, the billionaires always beat the millionaires because the billionaires have deeper pockets. Well, I mean, we're working with the NFLPA pretty heavily this year, and it's one team, and there's Logan, so I'm going to refrain from saying too much of how I really felt about that CBA and um, how well the union did. But, yeah, it's, um, it's intriguing, especially when you look at the other leagues and their current CBA. That's fair, and we'll leave it at that. Now, I always ask this as an agent, and this is always something that intrigues me, like, the percentage that the agents get. Usually, agents get anywhere between what ten percent, ten percent. Oh no! Like no, near. no, no, no. People think we make so much money, and the max we can get in the NFL is three percent. 
as as great of a talent as he is, he hasn't really proven that he could, you know, throw from the pocket because he, you know, there's a beta. If he's really a quarterback, he really kind of acts like a running back. Well, I mean, I'll show you something about Dak. Um, I kind of addressed that first. I hear a lot of Cowboys fans talking about the Super Bowl. And in case people forgot, they were one and four before they got hurt. Um, and the one game they won was the Falcons onside kick. So they were really open five, really, if they were playing any team besides the Falcons, they lose that game. Um, and I think Andy Dalton was like four and three in the regular season. So, yeah, he puts up great numbers and touchdowns, but um, I don't think they're winning with Tech. So, I mean, I have a hard time saying Lamar is a, a passing quarterback and they're winning with Lamar. They're not winning with Dak. So, I, the numbers kind of blew me away. I mean, I get how they got it and we would have got that for sure. But it's still, as a Cowboys, if I was Jerry Jones, I'd be real hesitant looking at what is actually happening on the field while he's out there. He makes I the defense that. job a lot harder and the defense job a lot harder. But I hope I hope Jack Prescott gets all the money and he gets more because my, and I just and I hope that Cowboys fans get very upset when they realize that they have a mid like listen I think Dak is a stat compiler you know he puts up nice stat you know yes very much he's one they were one and four and they should have been zero and five you know if if Atlanta had a brain, they should have been 0-5. Um, they're yeah. not a very good team. Like, you know, you're taking Dan Quinn. Like, let's see what Dan Quinn can do. But, hey, you know what? All I it, – it's, it's for the player. Good for Dak. He gets his money. Good for Jerry. Good for Jerry Jones to pay him, even though, like, he kind of figures that the TV contract's going to hit. And probably ESPN's going to want to get on that because they want to get in that Super Bowl rotation again. So, good – Good for them. Now, it leads me to a notable about Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett was obviously not tagged, and the Buccaneers really, really would like him back because they just re-signed Levante David, and obviously they, they, they tagged them, Chris Godwin, and you know they're going to bring back um, Antonio Brown. What's going to happen with Shaq Barrett? I don't know. I don't know where he's I mean, I used to see him back there, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's, um, I feel like it would be hard to leave the Bucks. I know the numbers probably maybe a little less than other teams, but from what I heard, that they had a really good time this year <laughs> from players on the team. Um, outside of winning the Super Bowl, it was just a great atmosphere to be in. So um, it'll be intriguing to see what happens during free agency. If you were, if you were um, Shaq Barrett's agent, would you would you would you try to get the most you can because you got your ring and you want to collect, or do you want to um or would you want to you know stay with the Bucks and you know kind of backload that contract? I play it all with what my what my player wants to do. I mean, that's, at the end of the day, that's, I'm just working for them. So whatever they're wanting to succeed and do, that's that's the route we're gonna take. Awesome. He came to me and said, I want to win Super Bowls, and I feel like Tom's going to me a few more Super Bowls, and I enjoy being there, I'll take less to be there, and then I'm going to be like, all right, that's what we'll do. Now, tomorrow is going to be Mark's one year since all of sports shut down due to COVID, you know, because of COVID-19. 
what was what was what was going through your mind when you saw the end like you know the scouting combine shut down and the NBA, the NBA shut down its season and the the MLB delaying its season and the NHL shutting down its season so when all when sports were shut down what was going through your mind so it first started with the deal with um the NBA and the NCAA, and at that time I was like, oh man, um, you know, I think UK could have made a little bit of a run, and <laughs> I'm a UK fan, so I was pretty disappointed about that. Um, we had the combine last year, we got it in, we didn't have it this year, um, and then when I started to realize the longevity of what it was going to be, that's when I, I, I started applying for jobs, I didn't know there was going to be a season, and I started telling players, like, be prepared um, for what you're going to do if there's no season. And I always advise my guys to have financial advisors and live below their means, and I do as well. Um, but still, terrifying to think that you might not have income coming in for 12 months. So, well, actually, more than 12 months, 19 months, 18 months. So, how far do you think, as a nation, we've come through with you know, with now with COVID, back with the vaccines coming through? And now with all those cases declining and things starting to open up and we're starting to get a somewhat normal, um, how far how far do you think we've come from the from one year to the day, which will be tomorrow, from when sports shut down to where we are now? I mean, I think it's incredible on what we did in a year. At, at first, I didn't think it was going to be here. I don't know if anybody thought it was going to be here. But then when I started reading about the severity of of coronavirus, um, I was I was like, oh, this might be longer than a year. <laughs> um, and I didn't, in the summertime, I didn't see an end in sight. So I think to be where we're at, where there's going to be uh, more sadness and the NBA is playing again um, and everything's semi-back to normal, people are starting to go to events. It's not 100% back, but I think it's been incredible the strides we've made over the past six months, even, really. It's incredible that it's incredible that we come so far as a nation. Yeah. Could, could you explain how how your how when we got through the season and now we're maybe the year? Like, what's what's the next step for you know for now the the NFL that now that we made through a year and you're seeing the nation, including Texas. Which is now op- which is opening it some businesses and saying like free mask like no mask mandate and all those things like so what's the NFL going to do next when you're seeing all these states open up and and how is it going to affect your agency? Well, um, there was a memo that came out um, today and they were talking about you know everything being back to normal and people kind of smashed on a letter today on um, Twitter and was kind of talking bad about it because they, they were so optimistic. The NFLPA was so optimistic that they'll be back. Um, but I'm with them. I think by the time, I'm hoping by the time September rolls around, things will be back to normal like it was pre-COVID. And um, the NFL will run just like it was before COVID ever started. Um, I know a lot of people yeah. are just real optimistic, but I think with the vaccines and the way it's going and people are getting them, I think it's realistic to believe in September could be back. Now, obviously, um, as an agent, you also deal with controversy. Because you know that there's yeah. a little players, oh, sometimes players put themselves in the news for all the wrong reasons. We just got to worry about Myers Leonard and the NBA using a slur 
um, while playing Call of Duty, which was anti-Semitic, which, by the way, his owner is a, is Jewish. Um, because you have the Colin Kaepernick situation. You have Antonio Brown with um, with domestic violence. You have all these things going on, but they're still allowed to play. So my question to you is, as an agent, how how do you, I know you work for the players, but in the morality sense, you dealing with these guys with characters. How hard is it to work with that? Well. Whenever something arises, I've been fortunate the guys I recruit um, to this point haven't had any of those issues. And I kind of look for guys that I don't think are going to have issues like that. Um, but if, if it does arise, the main thing is trying to get the help for whatever one of the calls, right? Um, a lot of times these comments are being made or these things are being made because the person is just ignorant to what's really happening, right? They, they don't realize the impact of what their words meant to a certain group and when they realize what what it actually means and what it's causing you know, hurting other people they, they stop doing it and they immediately regret their decision to do it in the first place so kind of just getting them um, the information and just kind of getting the help to better understand the situation now obviously this month is an important month is Women's History Month Yesterday was National International National Women's Day. Um, yep. Is there um, is there any female athletes or any in your life that inspired you or that you admire? Um, yeah, there's, there's athletes. I mean, the women's soccer teams. Uh, everything a little I've been amazed by um, the U.S. women's soccer team and what they're able to accomplish. Um, but there's also female agents that are very, very good and that I looked up to, like Krista and um, others, when I was first getting into the industry, that's just way above and beyond other agents in our, in our field. Now, I, for me, I've always been a fan of Naomi Osaka, especially with the talent that she's done. The youngest player to win four majors, you know, had, like Serena, like Serena, another talented player um she's awesome and i think that i think those are things to look up to now let's talk about the nfl draft obviously the draft is coming up you're seeing like you said um the back half of the draft there's not a lot of depth because of the covid situation but the front load like at least the first four rounds are going to be stacked with talent um the, and I'm sure you represent some of the players in the draft. So my question is, how actually, we, we didn't recruit anybody this year. This is the first year we didn't recruit anybody, and the reason because we there's too much uncertainty. There was no um, East West. There was no NFLPA, and we were we were hearing there wasn't going to be a combine. Um, and people were putting a lot, investing a lot of money into players this year, and with the uncertainty of everything, we were. A little, a little hesitant to get into the game this year. We took this year away and focused on our free agent guys and getting their deals done. Well, there's so, going to be a combine next year. <laughs> there will be a combine yeah. next year. Next year, we'll be back to normal recruiting again in the normal capacity. Yeah. Already started recruiting for next year. But speaking of the draft, we can still stick with the draft theme. Obviously, you're seeing, um, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to be number one. Most yeah. likely, it's presumption number one pick. But what? But what happens with number two with with the um, with the Jets is intriguing. Um, as and I'm just taking out your players and looking at the draft in total. 
what if you like what do you think the Jets would do at number two? Because you're hearing rumors about Deshaun Watson, but I think that's more of a pipe dream. Um, do they keep Sam? Do they draft Wilson? Do they draft Fields? What happens at number two? What do you think happens with the Jets at number two? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, uh, uh, Wilson is a BYU kid, right? The quarterback from BYU. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he's a yeah, BYU. I hear a lot, a lot about the BYU quarterback Wilson. Um, I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but I hear a lot of good things, and a lot of people are talking about. Um, there's a lot of love there for that player, so we'll see. Um, I don't know. I've seen ticket holders that think I'm not having players in the draft this year. I'm just worried more about the tackle play. <laughs> I just can't slow down that ship. <laughs> I'm hoping the tackle for Morgan gets down to, up to five. So, um. <laughs> Bless your soul being a Bengals fan. Bless your soul. That's season tickets for the last 13. So, quite a, quite a while. So. <laughs> well, people. Well, you do have some options because Joe Burrow looks like he could be the real deal. And if he yeah, were healthy, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, 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 if he could have stayed healthy, he probably would have challenged her for the rookie of the year. Um, he looks like he, he looks like he's going to be a franchise quarterback. Um, that's what happened to him. But um, but but you but you see the overall but but also but you know but you see the overall um talent and um and then Burrow. I think you guys are going to be fine. But now. Sticking with the draft, and this is actually important for 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 like me and Nick, because myself, I'm a New York Giants fan. We pick 11. Nick is a New England Patriot fan. We pick 15. Um, do you have any sense of where 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 either where the Giants will go and where the Patriots will go? No clue. These people that do these mock drafts, if you look at them historically, they're not very good. They're <laughs> like 60. Um, you never know what's going to happen. These teams, they don't even know what's going to happen. They can get a wild hair on a, on a draft day and move somebody around on their board and just mess everything up. Um, so it's, it's impossible to know what's going to happen in those positions. It's, it's really impossible because of the fact that, you know, I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts of teams. The Giants, either they're they're gonna get Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle or you know that, that, or, or the wide receiver kid from um, from Florida, Kyle Pitts, and the Patriots. You're you're seeing Matt Jones, who apparently they're calling him the next like you know Brady, which is that's going a little bit too far, man. That's a little bit too far. Yeah, yeah so, I was calling him that, but they just stop. <laughs> that Pitt, really the kid, stop. the Pitts kids are tied in. That kid is stuck. Whoever gets him is um, a kid from Florida, the tight end. He's, he's going to be something special at the next level. So that's a good one. And I think Smith is way undervalued. And I think he should be the first receiver taken, which he won't be. But I think he should be. I think he should be one of the top three picks. I think he's maybe the best player coming out. Like just for, for his position. So not the most valuable because obviously quarterback more weight. But. He's just incredible, incredible player. All right, Justin, before we get you out of here, you ready for some quick rapid-fire questions? Yeah, most definitely. All right. Um, do, do you think um, do you think the Chiefs are going to go back to Super Bowl this um, in, um, or do you think Chiefs are going to go back to Super Bowl? Yes. One more year. This is the last year. This is the last year. Yeah, you're right. This is the last year. The next year they won't be in the Super Bowl. 
do you think do you think the um do you think the Bucks are gonna go back to the Super Bowl? Um unfortunately no. I would like to see Tom back there, but I don't think they will. Do you think um do you who do you think is gonna win the NFC East? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue on that one, honestly. <laughs> What's your prediction there? Uh, as of now, I probably would yeah. say Dallas, because Dallas has the quarterback. Again, I still, I still was a one and four. If it's not Dallas, then I'm going to go with the football team, because the football team has the defense. And all they need, they don't even need a great quarterback. They, they, they just need a guy that will not turn the ball over. Get him a game manager, yeah. and then I think Washington will win that division. Because they have, they have the better defense, and Chase Young looks like he's going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see them making the move this year to win that. But again, winning that division still. I mean, I not agree. Mean, not saying a ton, but um, <laughs> just, it's a hard one to pick because of that. So, yeah. Um, where, where do you think Sam Donald was gonna go? No clue on that one either. No clue. Oof, yeah. Those, those are some tough ones. Uh, uh, what? Yeah, they went through it all. Yeah, these these are not easy. These are not easy. I came in thinking we were going to talk about Adam Sandler for some reason. I thought we were doing Adam Sandler top ten show. Well, it's funny. That's with Adam Sandler. Um, Adam, like a while ago, the um, the um, his um, the Water Boy came out already. So, what was your favorite Adam Sandler movie? The Water Boy. Yeah, I, I did a whole ten list. I thought that's what we were really doing with the top ten list for Adam Sandler. But definitely Water Boy number one. For sure. Waterboard number one, so I, I messed up. It was, it was, I'm um, sorry, after that Happy Gilmore came out while, um, it was the anniversary of Happy Gilmore. But yeah, I, I, I Adam Sandler's fantastic. Um, he's really, really good. But I do want to ask one more question before we get you out of here. Um, as a player agent, what, um, when you, when you're with players and they're, and you're seeing general managers talking about them, um, with incentives, how do you come with incentives that would be more fair to the players? Like how do you how do you negotiate incentives? Yeah, so that's actually something me and my business partner we're talking about now. The third contract we're going on is what incentives we want in there. And um, I mean, I obviously like the incentives that are very easy to reach, like workout incentives, um, snaps incentives, and trying to keep it. If it's snaps incentives, we'll try to keep it seventy five percent. Somewhere around seventy five percent is um, a good one. So it just depends on the incentive and what you're looking to get done. But I, I look for ones that are very easy to um, easy to achieve. I try not to do playoffs and Super Bowls unless the team is like the Chiefs or yeah, pretty much the Chiefs at this point. Um, <laughs> well, you know that they're pretty safe bets to be in the playoffs. Tell where, where, tell where our listeners where they can find you and your work. 
So I'm the NFL agent. Um, so you can find me at the NFL agent on Instagram. You can go to the, the NFL agent.com. Um, I'm on Forbes as a business council member of the NFL agent. Um, I also have Twitter. Don't use it much, but it's NFL agent one on there. But yeah, pretty much the NFL agent, T-H-E, NFL agent, and you know, you'll find me. Um, lastly, actually, before we get you out of here, I just want to get your list for Sandler's, um, your Sandler's, your top 10 Sandler, um, Sandler movies. You so, want the list, all right. I do want the list. Tell us your top 10 Adam Sandler list. I do want the list. <laughs> it goes Waterboy, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, That's My Boy, Big Daddy, Uncut Gems, um... Wedding Singer, by Mr. D, Eight Crazy Nights, and Going Overboard. Really good That's list. First I movie. love that. I really love the fact that you put Uncut Gems in that list, because that's a really good movie. That's a fantastic movie. Oh, it's that's, incredible. I, I mean, it's super intense, too. It just showed how great of an actor he is. To me, and to me, it... So the reason why I like that movie especially is because it takes Adam Sandler from what his usual role is, and it's different. Yeah. And I like different. Yeah. And, I, and, 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 if, and you know how you're a good actor? When you can do a role differently than what you normally could do. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, well, Jesse, as always, man, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Your list is fantastic. We appreciate the work, and you never be a stranger to hop on, man. We'll talk more Sandler, and, you know, hopefully you get more players to recruit, man, and hope your business is booming. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have a good class next year. We just took this year off. But thank you so much. It's great talking to you. Happy to be on anytime you guys want. No problem, man. Take it easy. You too. Have a good one. Bye-bye.